Good day. My name is Cedric Chapandeo, and I want to continue with my look at Scripture with the goal of finding out what God teaches us concerning grief and loss. Every one of us at one point in time will suffer grief. We will experience loss. We will experience disappointment. It's a common experience in life. But I believe that as Christians we need to go back to the scriptures to find what God teaches us when we go through those dark valleys of loss and pain. I've been looking in Genesis chapter 6 verses 1 to 8 and we read a very unfamiliar phrase there that and the phrase is God grieved that he made man. And so I want to talk about today is what lessons we you and I can learn from God's pain. In Genesis chapter 6 verses 5 to 8 then the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great on the earth and that every intent of the thoughts of his heart was continually evil. And God was sorry or God was grieved that he made man on the earth and he grieved in his heart and the Lord said I will blot out man whom I created from the face of the earth from man to animals to creeping things and to birds of the sky for I am sorry that I made them but Noah found favor in the eyes of God. And we read twice that God was grieved or God was pained because man's thoughts and man's deed was so evil that they brought grief to the heart of God. In other words, God's heart was broken because man or people had taken their God-given abilities and used them to devise evil. So the question I want to ask and answer is what lessons can we learn from God's pain? And we look in the passage we find that God was grieved by what he saw. In other words, what was the source of God's pain? The Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great on the earth and that every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. In other words, God's heart was pained because of what was in the heart of people. And here we have the reason for God's grief. God saw. It's often in the Bible, the Bible often uses that term when God peeks into human affairs. God saw, and the Hebrew word there is hara, which means God has evaluated, which means God has evaluated humankind's evil deed. And God contrasted to the intention that God originally had for man in Genesis chapter 1 when God created man. There in Genesis chapter 3 
And before that, we find that God, everything that God created was good. On day one, he did this and it was good. Day two, it was good. Day three, it was good. But in here, we find that God was seen. But God was seen was much more than a mere perception. That God sees that the wickedness of mankind on the earth. He looked at it and it greatly grieved his heart. The great state of depravity was set as set in, and by God seeing, he was able to grasp and evaluate the significance of the entire human race. God saw a rare concentration of evil and depravity among the entire group of men and mankind. By using the term God sees, Moses reminds us that God is not absent from human life, but he is deeply involved in the affairs of mankind. God is involved in the affairs of mankind and it encompasses his heart and his grief. What God saw was both the intensiveness of sin and the extensiveness of sin. What was good in Genesis chapter 1 is now in Genesis chapter 6 verse 5 described as evil. God is involved in our affairs and in our pain. His involvement in our affairs is not partial, but it's total. God is completely invested in what happens to us. He has invested his heart, and because he had invested his heart, his heart breaks, and therefore he grieves. What upset God was two things concerning sin. Number one, it concerns the extensiveness of sin, and number two, it concerns the intensiveness of sin. In Genesis chapter 6 verse 5, we read about the extensiveness of sin. He speaks about the corrupt earth. The wickedness of man was great on the earth. Geographically, the problem is that the earth has become infested. And in this context here in Genesis chapter 6 verse 5 to 13, earth is mentioned eight times. In other words, that the sin problem was a universal condition. It wasn't reserved to one regional area. And so man's sin was quite extensive. And God's heart was grieved because of that. The second thing that broke the heart of God, not only was it the extensiveness of sin, was also the intensiveness of sin. In verse the latter part of verse 5 and every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually in other words that not only was the depravity on the face of the earth it was also aggravated by that it was intensive the word that is used here is every intent and all the time in other words that Man was totally depraved. 
human condition and the human wickedness have grown so enormous that it threatened the very humanity of man. In this chapter we have the initial pictures. We have strange marriages and we have evil hearts. The root of the drama is the heart and the picture of the marriage implies that something was seriously wrong. What was in the heart of man affected the heart of God. The corrupt hearts of man broke the heart of God. As a result, God is upset, is full of regret, and he has a heart of mourning. Here in this passage, we have a description of two hearts. The first heart is the corrupt heart of man, which is corrupted and is hardened and it's intensively depraved by sin. But we also have the heart of man and this stands in complete opposite. I'm sorry, we have the heart of man that stands completely opposite to the heart of God. Here the tender heart of God is pained. The corrupt heart of man affects the tender heart of God. Here we have a picture and we see a picture of a loving but a deeply troubled parent. It's essential to know that the awareness of evil leads to, a, to the conclusion that God is not absent but God is more involved than what it was originally thought. God's investment in mankind involves his heart, his innermost being, and God was grieved. God's involvement is clearly that he's invested in what's happening in man's heart. And how did God feel? He was grieved to the heart of God. God's heart was grieved because of the heart of man. And so God does something about it. Adam and Eve, at the beginning, had a deep desire to have the knowledge of good and evil. God's heart is broken because evil became dominant and the good is ruined by the evil. And so God is talking and he's talking to himself and he comes to the conclusion that the intensiveness of sin, every inclination of his heart was only evil all the time. In other words, the, it was the intensiveness of sin that broke the heart of God. What God is saying here is that the human heart, the inner work, in the that the inner workshop where thoughts are formed, contained only evil. When God fashioned man, he, his intention was that man should be good but here is the worst 
form or fashion the man's thoughts including his actions is somehow distant or distorted from the original purpose of God both the extensiveness as well as the intensiveness of sin affects the heart of God God is so involved in the affairs of man that his heart is broken because man was using his God-given capabilities to only use it for evil and it says here all the time what's the source of God's pain the source of God's pain was that man's heart was continually evil and it and it violated God's original intention for the creation of man and that evilness of man's heart was openly displayed in the strange marriages that was happening on the face of the earth and so the bible tells us how god felt in genesis chapter 6 god was sorry that he made man on the earth and he was grieved in his heart god was grieved to the point that he was experiencing pain in his heart in genesis chapter 3 verse 16 we read when god speaks to eve after the rebellion in the garden of eden he says to eve i will greatly increase your labor pains with pain you will give birth to the children to your children or when god speaks to adam in genesis chapter 3 verse 17 in painful toil you will eat of it all the days of your life god as a result of adam and eve's sin told them the first couple that they will become pain bearers now because of mankind's sin god himself feels the pain eve and adam's pain is imposed on god because of their sin in other words eve and adam's sin has sourced is sourced in the rebellion against yahweh unlike adam and eve their pain was self-imposed god's pain is not self-imposed god's pain finds its source in the depths of the regret that ex- that he experiences because of humanity's rebellion against him now because of their rebellion god is going to do something Yahweh must judge such rebellion and this he regrets and for this he grieves this verse encapsulates the disappointment of God because he feels pain he feels embarrassment and he feels remorse because of Adam and Eve's sin 
their life would be filled with pain. But the sin in the human race also brought pain to God. And now we read that God was sorry that he made mankind because it brought him great pain. And this pain prompts God to strike out in judgment against the source of his distress. There is no way, therefore, that God is a stranger to what is the worst within the heart. God's response is twofold. There is radical condemnation. He will announce the flood. But there is also saving grace. He will rescue one man. And so what God does here is that out of his pain flows God's plan. God's pain led to God's plan. And what was his plan? His plan is this, I will wipe mankind whom I created, in verse 7, from the face of the earth. Everything from mankind to animals, including living creatures that move on the ground and the birds of the air, for I, I regret that I made them. God did something about the pain. And so we read again in Genesis chapter 6, verse 7, The Lord said, I will wipe out man whom I created from the face of the earth, everything from mankind to animals, including creatures that move on the ground and the birds of the air, for I regret that I made them. Yahweh's decision was to eliminate the source of the problem. And that was mankind, that was man. And so the verb that he uses here describes the intended action that is in keeping with the violation. God says, therefore, he will wipe them out. And the word there in the Hebrew means, I will erase by washing. It's the same thing that is used in Genesis chapter, in Exodus chapter 32, verse 32, 33. Where, to, where it's used to blot one's name out of a book, which means that it erases, it means erases the written word by washing off letters with water. And so God is going to do something about the pain, and what God did was to send the flood to wash the earth clean of the contamination that set in because of man's rebellion against God. And so we see that God's judgment is quite extensive. It's a very wide impact. It says not only will human beings be judged, but animals. And so they, human beings, become the object of God's wrath. And God is destroying the earth because of the rebellion of man and his heart was continually evil and it broke and it broke the heart of God. In other words, out of God's pain comes his plan. And his plan involves 
taking care of the source of the pain. And since the source of the pain is mankind, God then takes care of the source by washing the earth clean of the contamination that set in because of the extensiveness of man's sin as well as the intensiveness of man's sin. And we'll see in the next few chapters in Genesis that God indeed sent a flood. And this flood happens 100 years after this is recorded concerning God. And God's plan then flows out of God's pain. But not only that, do we also have God's plan that is flowed that flows out of his pain, but we also have God's grace in the midst of pain. And we read in verse 8 of Genesis chapter 6. But Noah found favor in the sight of the Lord. God condemns the human race, but is pleased with Noah. The Hebrew expression to find favor in the eyes of is an idiom, an ancient idiom, meaning to be an object of another's, another one's, another person's favorable, favorable disposition or action, or to be a recipient of another's favor kindness and mercy uh, in the eyes of is a expression that it is used to describe God in terms of human beings that God made the opinion came to the opinion and made the decision that Noah is the one on whom he will bestow his favor God saw that the whole human race was corrupt but he looked in favor on Noah. And the movement of the text is God evaluates the sinfulness of man. Then he issues a decree to destroy the life and the, and the entire episode will culminate in the clear provision of God's grace. We have the evaluation, man is sinful. We have a decree, I will destroy the earth. But we also have a culmination of the entire episode is that God will provide grace. Grace, in essence, simply means God's unearned favor. Swift judgment will fall on the human race. The judgment will be delayed by 100 to 120 years and a small group of people will escape by grace. For the second time in this episode, the name of Noah is mentioned. He makes his appearance in Genesis, in the, in the record of Genesis, in Genesis chapter 5, verses 28 to 29. At his birth, Noah's father, Lamech, names him Noah, which, are, which is accompanied by a prayer wish. 
Lamech lived 182 years and became the father of a son. Then he called his name Noah, saying, This one will give us rest from our work and from the toil of our hands arising from the ground which the Lord had cursed. There is no indication that Noah was more righteous than any of his contemporaries. Yes, the record tells us that Noah was a man of faith, in that he built an ark, even though he did not know what the reason was for the ark until after the completion. Some translation says Noah won God's favor. This gives rise to the question on whether God's grace may be won or whether it's a free gift. Noah was not particularly righteous than anyone else, so he could not earn God's favor. And so the writer reminds us that in comparison to the overall flavor of mankind on the face of the earth, from God's perspective, every inclination of man's heart was turned towards evil. Noah was a typical man. He had the capacity to sin. He had the tendency to sin, just as great as his contemporaries. A close study of the word grace will support the idea that it's God's unmerited favor. The word in its proper meaning is simply means that the recipients of grace actually deserved the judgment as well. Noah received sovereign grace and escaped the catastrophe. No one escapes God's judgment apart from grace. No one escapes God's judgment apart from grace. God's people are recipients of grace. They are spared from the divine wrath on the wicked, not because of their good works, but because of God's sovereign grace. Noah and his family received the favor of God and so escaped the, and so escaped the corruption and the destruction of the wicked world. Noah found God's grace. And there's two things. God's grace cannot be earned, but God's grace is available. And this passage tells us, number one, God's grace is available during times of pain and disappointment. And God's grace is found or received, but it cannot be earned. The basic theological reality in the question is grace. Grace does not come in some glib situation. It comes when all is lost, when mankind is doomed. And then for the first time in Genesis, we find the word grace appear. Notice the pattern. Evil, number one. There's evil. There's regret from God's side. There is grief. God's decree is to wipe out. God has regret. But then... Is grace. Noah found grace 
in the eyes of God. In this Genesis chapter 6, we have the initial pictures. They're strange marriages and they are evil hearts. But that becomes the background and the backdrop for God's gracious favor. In Hebrew thought, the realms between human and the supernatural cannot be crossed. When the boundaries that leads to a violation of the world order and, struct and structure, the boundaries are clearly drawn by God. And these boundaries are between the natural and the supernatural. So in Genesis chapter 6, we have uh, this strange occurrence where the boundaries that God has drawn has been crossed and supernatural beings enter into the human realm. They have violated God's boundaries and human beings have reached the stage where God could no longer tolerate the situation. The root of the drama is the heart. A picture of strange marriages implies something is wrong. Yahweh initially describes the damage and he tries to control the damage. And so in Genesis chapter 6 verse 3, we find he reduces the life of man upon the face of the earth. But that did not work. And so in Genesis chapter 6 verse 5, he has to face the problem more fully. And then we, then we read in Genesis chapter 6 verse 5, Then the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great on the earth, and every intent of his heart was only evil and, and evil continually. Here in Genesis, we have the introduction of the full weight of evil. But it leads to grace and the new sense of God. As evil intensifies, God is upset. He is full of regret. He has a heart of mourning. God was pained in his heart. Genesis chapter 6 verse 6. And these hearts were far apart. Man's heart was inclined to evil and God's heart was broken because of man's heart. In other words, the heart of man affects the heart of God. But here we have a picture of God that he is not an angry tyrant but he's a troubled parent. God was fully person and the fully person, the fulling person felt the pain of what man, of what was going on in man's heart. And God's heart was broken because of man's rebellion. But later on in Genesis chapter 8 verse 1 we read God remembered Noah and that's after the flood and the wild animals and the wild stock that were with him in the ark. And he sent a wind over the earth and the water receded. Not only did Noah find favor in the eyes of God, we find God remembers Noah. 
and the final outcome is not condemnation but rather a deeper form of acceptance. There are affirmities with psychotherapy but with grace psychotherapy helps man and human beings to enter into their own darkness. The plus story tells us that not only are not only have we entered into the darkness but there's a way out and that's through grace the world especially noah is led to the face of the abyss of evil instead of being stuck in the morass god remembers he takes a new view and he starts again the result is a new stability. So what did this section, or what does this episode teach us concerning our pain? I think there are three very important things. Number one, that all pain has a source. The source of God's pain was in the heart of man. And because all pain has a source, we must trust God to reveal to us the source of our pain so we can expose that source to his healing touch. In Genesis chapter 6 verse 5, the Lord saw how great man's wickedness was on the earth and every inclination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil. And so when I go through pain and depression, I need to ask of God, what is the source of my pain? Show me where the source is so that I can expose that phase of my life, that aspect of my life to your healing touch. God knew where the source of the pain lies. We also realize that God's pain leads to God's plan. God was pained because of what was going on in the heart of man, but he wasn't paralyzed by that pain. Out of God's pain came his plan, and his plan was very uh, traumatic. He was going to wipe the earth clean from sin. He was going to wipe mankind as well as the animals from the face of the earth. And so number one, when we come to our when we come to evaluate God and God's pain, we have to ask ourselves the question, what is the source of our pain? But also what is God's plan with our pain? And God's plan flows out of his pain. And God says in chapter six verse seven, chapter six verse seven So the Lord said, I will wipe mankind whom I have created. Out of his pain flows his plan. And so when we go through times of difficulty and struggle, we need to ask ourselves, Lord, what is the source of our pain? And God, what is your plan for my pain? Maybe there's something I need to learn. 
Maybe there's something I need to expose to you to take out. Maybe there's something that I need to trust you with so that you can form me into more and more into the image of Jesus Christ. There's a source for our pain, but there is a plan for our pain. And the last thing we learn from this lesson is that there's also God's grace. Because pain has a source, because God's plan flows out of his pain, but we also know that God's grace comes out of that circumstance. He gives us strength to endure. We read from that lesson from Noah, we can read and we can appreciate three important things from that. Number one, when it comes to God's grace, we have to remember that He can give us strength to endure. Number one, God answers prayer. In Genesis chapter 5, verse 29, And they named him Noah and said, He will comfort us in our labor and painful toil of our hands, caused by the ground that the Lord has cursed. Noah makes his appearance on the pages of Scripture, and he becomes a testimony to the fact that God answers prayer. At his birth, there was a prayer, and now we find Noah found grace in the eyes of God. The second thing when it comes to God's grace is that God's grace is found. God's grace is received, but God's grace is not earned. Verse 8, but Noah found favor in the eyes of God. But we also read in, this, in the passage later on in Genesis chapter 8, verse 1, that God's grace brings about a new stability in an unstable situation. Genesis chapter 8, verse 1, But God remembered Noah and all the wild animals and all the livestock that were with him in the ark, and he sent a wind over the earth and the water receded. So what lessons do we learn from God's pain? And I said this before, and I'm going to repeat it again, that because pain has a source, we must trust God to reveal to us the source of our pain so we can lay it open to His healing touch. God saw how great the wickedness of man was. That was the source of his pain. But we also have to take courage. Not only does pain have a source, we take courage that God's plan flows out of God's pain. And because God's plan flows out of his pain, we must entrust ourselves to God because he has a plan for our pain. The third thing we learn from God's pain is not only does pain have a source, not only does God has a plan for our pain, we also know that God's grace gives us strength to endure during times of pain. Noah found favor in the eyes of God. It was an answer to prayer when he was born. 
God's grace is not found. God's grace, I'm sorry, God's grace is found and received, is not earned. Noah found favor. And God's grace brings stability to an unstable situation. Genesis chapter 8 verse 1. But God remembered Noah. I do not know what you are going through. Only God knows. And sometimes we are unable to identify the pain. And that is why we must trust Him to show us the source of our pain so we could expose it to His healing touch. God is not a God that gives us pain because He loves to see us in pain. But God has a plan for our pain. Out of God's pain flowed His plan. And then God's grace becomes evident in the midst of our pain. He remembers prayer. His grace is found and received, is not earned. And God's grace brings stability in an unstable situation. May the Lord bless you. Thank you.